mention that this is episode 39, live from my drum room. And of course, today's guest is Steve Gadd, my very good friend. And we're going to talk about his new book, which I remember the name of it. It's called Gadamans. Um, in fact, it was right here on my hat the whole time. How do you like that? Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that book and how I, I want to talk to Steve, especially about the, um, the title of the book, because I thought the title was so clever, you know, um, Gadamans. It's like a play on rudiments, Gadamans. Really, maybe, maybe the most clever title, best title I've ever heard. And I'd love to hear the, the origins of where that came from, how he came up with that or who came up with it. Um, cause it's genius. I just think the title is genius. So, um, I'm going to just comment on, on a couple of the comments. Uh, Lois, I'm glad you like this shirt. This was made by uh, my friend, Mike Trickett, who has a, uh, a t-shirt company here in Massachusetts. And he sent this to me completely as a surprise and yeah. Okay. There we go. Penny Lane, of course, recognized it's a Mike Trickett shirt. So Mike sent this to me and, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. So I wanted to wear it today as a shout out to Mike and to thank him for, uh, for doing this. And when GTA gets back up to uh, full speed, you know, full speed, we're going to definitely get some shirts made up and from Mike and uh, some Grand Theft Audio shirts that is. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you like the shirt. And Darren, thank you for the kind words about uh, GTA. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did get a lot of really cool comments, so thanks to everybody who happened to watch my band Grand Theft Audio's live stream last Saturday that we did. Uh, it was a lot of fun to play again, and uh, you know, warts and all, it was cool to get back together and after ten months of uh, of not playing live and basically one rehearsal, a half a rehearsal is really all we had. So. Not even that, barely a rehearsal. So not bad. 855 YouTube subscribers as of today, closing in on that amazing 1000 mark, which is awesome. Uh, next Friday, May 28th, 1 p.m. Eastern time, my guest will be Jeremy Stacy, my very good friend, Jeremy from the UK. Uh, great drummer, great musician, multi-instrumentalist actually. And uh, Steve and I were talking about him earlier, in fact, during the sound check. So. That's going to be great to have Jeremy on the show. Um, upcoming shows, I don't have dates locked in, but uh, the elusive Charlie Drayton got in touch this week, and we're going to figure something out in June. He's been very busy, but as I've mentioned, Charlie Drayton's going to be my guest, Mike Beard, uh, Dave Desenzo, Mike Mangini, my old friend Tom Hambridge, um, now living in Nashville, but from, from the Boston area, who I've known for 40-plus years, TH in the wreckage days. And uh, some industry friends, Rich Mangicaro, uh, my old friend and, uh, and competitor. Rich used to run Peisty uh, Symbols Artist Relations for many years. Good guy, good friend. And uh, Ralph Angelillo, who runs the Montreal Drum Fest, is going to be my guest down the road. Dates to be confirmed, as I say, so watch, keep an eye out. And uh, I, I just want to take a second. Um, Steve is waiting patiently in the green room, probably enjoying some of those delicious pistachio nuts I left for him. He loves those. When we used to do the Mission from Gad tours on the bus, I always made sure we had just bags and bags of those pistachios for him. And for me, we love, everybody loved them. So, and it's a good, healthy snack. Um, 
but I, I just want to take a second. You know, I, I heard the news, as I'm sure many of you did yesterday, uh, about the passing of Roger Hawkins. And, uh, I, you know, I just want to say that uh, I, I never got to meet him. I didn't know him, but I was a massive, massive fan of his playing. And um, I, I reached out to him about five or six years ago. I got his email through Steve Smith, who had, along with Rob Wallace from Hudson Music, had uh, had done a, a a book with Roger Hawkins, and I'm trying to remember the name. Rob can mention it. Rob Wallace will be on the show later today uh, because Hudson is distributing Steve's book, so I'm going to have Rob join us in about an hour or so. But Rob can also talk about Roger, I think, too, at that time. And uh, anyway, I reached out to Roger via email, and I didn't hear back, and that's fine, you know. But he's someone that I had always wanted to connect with during my time at Zildjian. I came very close at one point through uh, one of our sales reps that was in the, uh, that covered Alabama that had a connection, knew someone who knew someone who knew Roger. And uh, Roger was one of those guys that didn't seek out endorsements with companies. And so, you know, I, I don't think he ever had a symbol endorsement with any company, certainly not with Zildjian when I was there. And, uh, and I, I tried to reach out at one point, or I tried to get a contact to reach out to him. And then after I left, as I said, about five or six years ago, I went through this phase of listening to all this music that he played on. And one day I, I reached out to Steve Smith and, uh, and Rob, and I said, can you guys get me in touch with Roger Hawkins? And then recently in the last year, I thought it would be really cool to have him on this show. You know, even though I didn't know him, I thought, I'm a big enough fan that I could certainly, you know, have a conversation with him about all the great songs he's played on. So I'm just like a lot of you guys, I'm just really pained and, and sad and devastated about this huge loss um, to music, to drummers everywhere, because he was just monumental. He was just his his recording credits, you know, are just staggering when you think of the songs that he played on and this morning. I went out for a run and I, I put about six or seven songs on a playlist of Roger Hawkins songs like Kodachrome and, uh, you know, the, the staple singers, uh, tunes, respect yourself. And, uh, I'll take you there. And, uh, Bob Seger main street and, um, uh, gosh, the title song to the record that, that the huge record, um, night moves. You know, those are all respect by Aretha Franklin. Those are all Roger Hawkins uh, recordings. So absolutely, Bill, Roger is drumming royalty. I mean, and if there's something higher than royalty, that's him. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd say godlike. And I don't use that term loosely, but he really was, to me anyway, godlike. So, uh, so anyway, Anthony's asking me, are you on YouTube also? It doesn't seem to no i'm not on youtube right now i'm not broadcasting hello jarek hello bernard castiglione good to see you guys all right so enough about that um yeah so anyway it's good to see all you guys on here eddie Taduri. eddie i love you brother eddie i'm gonna have you on a future show too just to have you play some shuffles for me um my dear friend eddie Taduri from many many years ago all right, Penny Lane, good to see you. All right, let's take a take a look here. Lots of folks watching, not surprisingly. All right. 
I think that's all I have at the moment. I don't think I've left anything out. Welcome to episode 39 of Live from My Drum Room. And um, I guess without any further delay, please welcome, I can hear him rattling around, the one and only Steve Gadd, getting some practice time in. Steve-o! Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. You're you're looking good, and you're sounding good. Oh, did did you run today already or no? I did. I did. I got. Out. I was just. I was before uh, I brought you on. I was telling everybody. You know, and I I meant to mention this earlier. I'm sure you heard that uh, Roger Hawkins passed away in the last uh, day or two. And uh, I I went out this morning for a run, and I had a bunch of his recordings on a playlist that I listened to while I ran, and um, so nice, you know. right? What a, what a, yeah, what a beautiful, beautiful drummer, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's, I mean, I'll, I was talking about the song Kodachrome by Paul Simon and for a long time, you know, I, I think a, a lot of us assumed that was you on that song. And I remember looking at a list of his credits. I think it was in Max Weinberg's book that he did the, you know, that big beat book Max wrote about 40 years ago and he had Roger interviewed. And I think, that's when I learned that he played on on you know some of those older songs. Yeah, before I played with Paul. Yeah, yep. Did he play? So, who played on Bridge on Tro- Over Troubled Water? Who who did I, that? I I think that's Hal on that one. Oh, Hal! Right, right, right. Yeah, he, yeah, yep. I think um, and I think Hal and uh, and the great Buddy Harmon recorded the boxer but i think maybe hal was the one that made it on there or something there was a story about the two of them being Who was called the other guy? buddy Harmon. do you remember buddy Harmon from from nashville no Buddy played on like a lot of the like the, the original like country stuff like the real you know no no diss on the country of today but i'm talking like the real shit from from the 50s and 60s like that was really country like the patsy klein stuff um kathy's clown and john, uh, john wait i don't want to I, I hate to interrupt but i just uh i i want i want to ask you about those glasses are those new glasses you have on steve no these the uh, you might ask me about these glasses every time we talk about but no these ouch, are i've had these ouch they're pretty ouch, johnny I called them my Will Lee glasses. That hurt. That hurt. <laughs> I, I was gonna. I'm. I was. I'm glad you mentioned that because it. You know, I was feeling a little down talking about Roger Hawkins, but the minute you came on the screen, I was immediately lifted up. And especially with your comment about the suspenders, I looked for some suspenders before we went on the air, and I could not find any suspenders. Oh, I, I did you? I, well, I. It is like a, there is like, but that mic, it's very Larry Kingish. It's a different mic, but I mean, it still has that same kind of thing. I think the, I think the suspenders would sort of melt the cheese and glue it all together, John. <laughs> melt the cheese and glue it all together. And glue it all together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, our friend Nick Vincent said Roger played on My Little Town, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah. There was a lot of things those guys did yeah. before, uh, before I got involved. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of great friends of ours watching. Uh, Paul Quinn, my, my favorite and your favorite attorney, is watching. And Paul, I want to say hello. And I thought about you this morning. And you're another guy that I will be getting in touch with uh, that I think could give us give everybody some really great, valuable, free legal advice. That's right. I said free legal advice. So you've been warned about that. Um, and there's Rob Wallace. Our friend, handsome Rob, he's watching the show from the sidelines until we bring him on. He's, he's, he's warming up in the bullpen. Is he? He is. He's, he's getting his arm loose, working on his slider. Uh About two o'clock or so, we're going to bring him on. Good. Good. To close, to close it out. The closer. He's the closer. Rob's the closer. So Steve, I have to ask you the, you know, I said this in the, in the, uh, in the warm-up before you came on, the title of the book, Gadamance, is John, wait. Genius. There, what, where is all this aggression coming from? <laughs> Easy, John. It's that you adrenaline. Don't, you don't have to snap my head off here. Come on. <laughs> this is a friendly hang. Where's the attitude coming from? So, let me ask you. Are you is my picture down here somewhere? Is that why you're, you're looking? Like- <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you about where that great title came from, Gadamitz. I'm just, it's genius. And I'm just wondering who could have thought of such a great title like that. I- you know, I, I just, there's, there's some, you know, old rudiments in there, but there's some new things that I sort of discovered, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, we just, I don't know, I, I came up with it. And um, my friend Don Moyo, uh, would, he comes over, he's a drummer that teaches at ASU. And his wife is a guitar player and singer. Her name is Carol Pellet. They come over once a week, we hang. And I was, you know, as I was writing the thing, I was like showing him to Dom uh, and he, you know, he would play him and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so I think, you know, we, I ran it by him. I ran it by Carol. And uh, I know I we just sort of put our heads together and that sort of made sense. Well, I, I remember a year ago when we did one of these. You were just starting to write it. Uh, do you remember that? And, and uh yeah, I remember talking to you about it when I first yeah. started writing it down. I was excited, you know. I remember you were doing like a, you know, a page or two a day. And on that show we did, a, I think it was about a year ago. And you, at the, at the end of it, you did some, you demonstrated some of the exercises on, with the rubber tips on the coffee table. Right. And, and, uh, and you know, just like a few pages that you had. But the title, the name of the book, Gadamance, I just think, I'm I'm throwing you I'm throwing you a softball in this one, Steve. I just think we went over we went too far. Did we no, take I, it too far? No, I was I was I was hoping you were going to say, Johnny, you came up with the name of the book. Did you? I did, did you come up with the name of the book. I, I did, but but maybe I didn't. Maybe I, maybe I dreamt oh, it. Maybe Jen, I, hold on for a second. Hold on, there, Mister. Maybe you did. You know, John, I'm you know I'm 76. My memory isn't what it used to be. So maybe, maybe you did. <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, 
Wow. Was it, I, was it, is that how it happened? It was, but you know what? That's okay. I think, I think your story's better. I, I like your, I like I, you and Dom making the pasta. That's, that's a better story. So. Well, that, that was another thing, but did I detect a little anger? Was there some anger in that? Huh? You're not angry, right? No. I could, Steve, could I ever be angry? Rick is, Rick, Rick is saying, Rick is texting me right now. He's saying everything he does has to have his name on it. Branding genius. Wait, who, who said, you didn't tell me he was allowed in. He's Did not. You, you're allowed, huh? We're keeping, we're keeping Rick. No, he's, he's, by the way, Steve White says hello. He's, he's watching right now. Oh. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. Rick, he's, he threatened to watch this. I think he's, I think he's sort of creeping in the shadows. Uh, I don't know. But, but this is, so, so this is exciting. Let's talk about the book because this is really the main reason. Well, not the main reason. It's one of the reasons we're here. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a reason why we're here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when the, when the pandemic started, uh, you know, I had a lot of time and, and uh, I, for a while I didn't do much of anything, but then I was thinking about trying to stay in shape, you know, for when things came back. So I, you know, just with that in mind, I started just taking these, uh, you know, I got a bunch of these pairs of sticks, the Vic first practice sticks and with the rubber yeah. tips and I got them laying all over the house and I was, banging on everything you know what i mean and um i i forgot how much i loved the rudiments and how um how i you know i used to love to try and come up with parts when, when i was in drum corps you know different ways to play the standard rudiments and and uh so i've always been interested in that and that when i had when i with all of this time with the pandemic uh you know, what happened was the more that I got into just doing warm-up things, the more that new ideas would start to come in, you know what I mean? And uh, and some of them were, you know, they started to get interesting, and I started writing them down because um, uh, I wanted to share them. You know, when I was doing, when I did a bunch of clinics, one of the questions that used to come up was about warming up. Right. So, and, um, you know, I, I warm up before the show, at, you know, like in the dressing room. And, but what I realized, like, if the show didn't happen, I, I would have probably kept going back there. You know what I mean? And because yeah. you start getting into, so you start getting into little things that are different from the way you did them before or, maybe a, a, a new way to do something. Um, and um, so when I started during the pandemic, I, I had the time. I didn't have to, I know once I started, I just, I got into it, man. And it just, you know, time started flying by. Yeah. And and um, I started writing this stuff down. And before I knew it, I had like, uh, you know, a book. And the I, I got into it. I haven't, I, you know, I hadn't, I haven't really read a book since I was in uh, in college. You know, gone through any any drum books, and yeah, it was uh, it was fun to get to get back into it. 
try to figure out how to write this stuff out. It was, it was, <clears throat> I, I mean, just having been there for some of it, you know, peripherally anyway, like, you know, when you would, you would call or we'd talk on the phone and you'd tell me, you know, you wrote a few more pages and just the, the enthusiasm that you had was so great, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, it w- I guess it would have been easy for anybody to write a few pages, kind of get it going and then move on to something else. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's th- that sort of thing happens all the time. I, I do that. I, I start something. I don't always finish it, but you just, I just love the fact that, you know, in the springtime, you mentioned it. I remember in the summer sitting on the ferry one, one day coming back from the vineyard and you, you texted me a couple of pages. I don't know if you remember that, but, and then in, in typical Steve Gadd fashion, you called me to make sure I got the text. <laughs> yeah. Asked, yeah. And you said, did I you get it? Don't, you, I'm still not sure. If, did you ever get that text? Did you get it? John, don't lie. Do not lie. I can tell if you're lying. I know you can. <laughs> yeah, I was ex- man. I was excited. You know what I mean? The stuff. It just yeah. it was it, it was sort of different. It was interesting, and I I was anxious to to uh, you know to get some feedback to see how other drummers felt about it. You know. Yeah. No, I I, I think it just shows how excited you were about it, how enthusiastic you were, and and uh, and and you you know kept doing it and finished it and and we're going to see it i think pretty soon or i think in a couple of weeks rob i guess will probably tell us exactly when it's going to be out but i think we're real close so yeah and we went we got the um the note the notation is was looks like old notation like the rudiments that i read when i was growing up and i tried to phrase it so there's like either two or four bars on a line so I, I tried to make it as clear and uh, and and easy to to read as I could. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and uh, and you know when when we were putting it together, I I started realizing also how you know like the amount of uh, the balance of how one page looks next to another. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, because. I just didn't write one page after another. Like I, I finished a thought and, and, you know, so I kept that separate. So it, not every, every page had the same amount of uh, sta- staves full, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, it just, when you see it the way it's laid out, uh, I'd be interested to, to, to see how you felt about it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great that you're talking about that because I know there are a lot of elements like that that were really important to you that you wanted it to have the feel of like of those books, those classic books like Stick Control and, and Syncopation and, 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 you know, the books that we started out with that are still like kind of the Bibles of today, you know, with, with uh, right. the NARD book. Did you ever go through the NARD book? No, no, I didn't. That's that was like the um, National Association of Rudimental Drummers. Yeah, they had yeah. a book go through all the rudiments. I liked the way they looked. I got used to reading that stuff. Yeah, that's that's um, that's above my pay grade, Steve. That's above my. And, and the other thing is, like, it's so important how many bars you put on a line. You know, um, 
you you want it to be so you're helping the guy that's reading it. You don't want to make it more confusing by yeah by not making it as is is um, balanced as you can. You know. Yeah. Yep. And are there some handwritten notes in there from you too? I know there was you talked about that or exercise uh, handwritten stuff. Well, um, like uh, six stroke roll and the handwritten part would be with no mustard. That would six stroke roll, no mustard. That was that was the handwritten. That was the handwritten part. Nothing more than that. Like uh, you know, flamadiddles displaced, not homeless. Um, yeah. Uh, Flams Casino, uh, Flams on the Half Shell. You know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, those were those were the little um, handwritten uh, little things. I they were in today's the, special. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hold the mail. Uh, and and are are you not to put you on the spot? But I think you had said a while ago that you had maybe some leftover material to possibly do a second one or, 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 or maybe you're thinking you might, maybe, the, maybe start, got I, you know, I started to come up with, it's like, if I have the time to really, you know, get into, you know, practice and if I'm not, if I don't have to start, you know, when you're working, you got to start your, your time off. Sometimes it's spent learning going over the music that you're going to do two weeks from now. You know what I mean? But yeah, when I have the time to just spend, you know, practicing, um, just new ideas start to to evolve. But I mean, you you have to get yourself in, in the zone, though. You know, you gotta be able to be in that place where you're you don't have anything pressing to do. You know what I mean? You got a lot of time, and you can just sort of you know, stay with it no matter, yeah. you know, no matter how long it takes. Um, and, and when you're in it, it, time goes by fast, but you know, it's, it's still, you're in it for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's when, that's when the, the, when the ideas start to, to uh, evolve, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can come up with variations that aren't just variations for the sake of, of being a variation, but where there are variations, but, where the it makes sense musically, you know what I mean. Where it, and where you can come up with a sticking. So after you do, after you play two bars, you know that start with the right hand, then you, you do go back and do it with the left hand. So it's you're constantly working on both sides, yeah. And, it's, and you're constantly trying to stay balanced. You know what I mean. And, and so, yeah, I, yeah. sorry, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. That, and yeah, that so. Um, and, uh, and I came up with this idea of, uh, I, I, no, I didn't come up with it, but I, I'm sure other people have done this before, but about displacing, uh, you know, the rudiments mm -hmm. and, um, and so, and then the, like the way I displace it is like, you take a rudiment and you start it. If, if you divide the first note into four sixteenth notes, you start, you start the rudiment on one, and then you start it on the and to one, 
um, or the E, one E and E, you know, you, you start yeah. it on every one of those four beats and it, it makes, it changes. The sticking doesn't change, but the, you have to, it creates an independence between your hands and your mind. Because when you start the same sticking on a different beat, it makes everything feel different. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, so, and so it's a good, it's a good, uh, and you can do, you can do that with, with everything, you know, and it's, I just, you know, I, I got into it because I had never really, um, uh, you know, I had never really understood it uh, as, you know, as, as I did when I started spending some time doing it. And I've been, you know, thinking about working on displacing stuff for, you know, a long time. Yeah. Because, you know, but when I started writing this stuff down and really spending time with it, then I just discovered there was, you, you could do it in a couple of different ways. And they're in the book, you know. That's great. And it, so it was a case of like, you you'd sort of like, Peel back the onion, so to speak, right? You you yeah. you just yeah, kept finding other variations of things, and and yeah, and just with of, the hands, yeah. just with the hands, yeah. You know what I mean? And um, and the things feel good, so they they I think they'll 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 uh, they'll be a inspiration for things you will you'll take to the kit. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not sure exactly what that'll be because I haven't really done that yet. But uh, Steve Smith, you know, Rob sent some things to Steve Smith, and and he's been he's been working on some things and yeah and took some of the exercises to the kit. So uh, and uh, and David Garibaldi, uh, Rob sent some things to David, and he's been checking some things out. And so I, I, you know they're coming up with other ways to to take the stuff and use it you know, on a kit. I'm for me right now, I'm just doing it rudimentally. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I saw some video of Steve. I haven't seen David, but I saw st some stuff Steve Smith put or Rob, I think put some video of Steve Smith playing and he, he attributed it to the book. He said, you know, I've, I've got the Gadamans book and, and, uh, and it was cool. There's like, you know, like some short clips of him applying the different, uh, you know, like you say, the different sides and, um, yeah. So, so I, you're right. I mean, I think it's there. I think it's there for people to apply to the kit if they, if they want to do that. Yeah. You know, you know, I do remember that you said Gadamans at the very beginning. Yeah. At the very, now I do No, really, because we didn't come up with working on it, what the, we were going to call the book until, you know, later, you know what I yeah. mean? We were still yeah. trying to work on, what we wanted the notate, how we wanted the book laid out, how we wanted the writing to look, you know what I mean? So, and then the title sort of came towards the end and I forgot, I, you know, that was one of the things and I forgot that it, it came from you, Johnny. <laughs> Please. Will you ever Steve, I forgive. Will you, huh? I forgive. I'm serious, John. I am very serious about this. Please forgive me <laughs> i i had mentioned it to rob over the summer <clears throat> when he mentioned you last summer when you guys were um starting to put it together and 
And he, he was, Rob, I, I said, hey, just an idea. You know, I threw this by Steve when we first talked about it and kind of clever, whatever. And Rob said, yeah, you know, we're still trying to figure all that out. And then sometime later, he said, yeah, we've settled on the name Gadamitz, which I thought was kind of fun and cool. But more than anything, I think it's, it's just a, it's very fitting to, uh, to the book, you know. To, to a good, t- good title, man. And that, I, I owe you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, let me let me see if what Rick is saying now. What do you do if you don't even know how to read the name of? What do you do if you don't even know how to read the name of the author of the book? <laughs> now he's he's just causing trouble. <clears throat> he is. He is. He's just causing trouble. I'm gonna just Rick. If you're watching this, I'm gonna ignore your texts. All right. You're just finito. I want to give a big shout out to Jay. Frank Messina. You know Jay, Jay Frank Messina? I sure know who he is, and we just became he friends recently. He just told me his middle name and wanted me to, to be sure and say that. And also, we call him Capitan. Capitan, or Your Excellency, <laughs> or Your Honor, Your Grace, Jay Frank Messina. Jay, Great. nice Italian boy. Yeah. yeah. And truly a legend in the recording industry yeah, he is he really he is he is i i certainly know of his work and i'm happy to to be connected with him i so he, hopefully he's watching this right now and he's he's hearing this this great tribute announcement my friend steve ford has a keen eye <clears throat> he spotted something um so we'll keep talking about the book but I was going to ask you, uh, you'd mentioned recently that there are some James Taylor dates, uh, kind of. People are starting, yeah, James is, I mean, it's not, it hasn't been announced because nothing is written in stone yet, but everybody's trying to get back out there, you know, towards, uh, you know, towards the end of July and, beginning of August, hopefully. Um, I think that the dates in the States will, will, will happen. I don't know mm-hmm. about he, there were some other things. I'm not sure if, if, if we're supposed to be talking about this, but I don't, okay. I'm not, I don't know what's going to, uh, what, what things are going to work and what things aren't. They're still trying to, to figure that out now. Yeah. But it looks yeah. like the states definitely are gonna uh, are gonna start happening. Um, Great, I hope I so. See, I see other other people starting to to book things too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, definitely, definitely. Um, it seems kind of selective. I know that there were some dates booked for Fenway Park in Boston this summer, and some are are go like. It's it's weird. Like some are still happening, but some have been postponed till next year. Again, it looks like, yeah. So I don't know if it's if it's the the artists deciding they're going to wait, or if it's the promoter saying, for whatever reason, they can't make the like they can make some shows happen, but they can make others not happen till next year. I don't know, but like, and I I know they want to they want to go out for it. It doesn't make sense financially unless you can go out to a full house. Yeah. You know, so I, I, it's it's 
I don't know that you know that those guys are working on that stuff and and have been there talking to um, doctors trying to figure out a safe way to do it. It's a, you know it's like it's a big thing, man. It's a big thing. I agree, and I, I thought the same thing, Steve. That it's it's financially it it for a lot of these bigger acts, it doesn't really make sense. I don't think financially to go out to a half full venue. Not if you're so, taking full crew and a band and everything. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Yep. So it may make sense to just wait till next year for some of these acts to, you know, and assuming 2022 will be back to hundred percent, you know, normal. And it seems like we will be because things are, are looking really good. So. But I think, I think, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that the, uh, you know, I feel pretty, pretty confident that the stuff in the States, the James thing is is going to happen whenever they whenever they announce the dates. Oh, great! Okay, so that's I'm I, I'm I'm looking forward to going out and doing it. And I hope it works. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the longest you've been off the road I, that I can think of. Yeah, it's, I have. I have, this is the longest time I've had off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I, You've made good use of the time, Steve, and, and that's... I, I tried to, yeah, I did, and we, I yeah. did, I mixed that album with my son. That I, you know, the one I sent you is for the yes, Tokyo. yeah. In fact, let me get that. Hang on a second. Let me show everybody. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. I should have had this ready as a prop. Yeah, we did. That was a. Um, we played the Blue Note in uh, 2018, and um, and they had a they recorded it, and you know we listened to the uh, during the pandemic. They we got a hold of the tapes and listened to them, and and um, remixed them. I remixed them with my son and and Rich Breen, you know, mastered it and. Uh, and it was fun, you know. It was yeah. nice. It was great to work with my son Carlo. Um, I'm happy with the mixes, and uh, yeah, so that was something that was nice to, you know, anything that you can do musically when everything else is shut down. For me, was great. So yeah, yeah, it was great to hang with one of my kids, and uh, so. Oh, the other thing that that was not. I mean. I've got, we used to have six dogs and, and after when we had five, when the pandemic started and, uh, that picture there, that one over there is jackpot. Yeah. He was my little bulldog. And, uh, when, well, as soon as I got off the road with the pandemic, it, we, he and I would hang all the time, but he had some kind of thing that wasn't really noticeable that uh, uh, some kind of little defect from birth yeah, that, yeah. you know that started to show itself when he got to be 10 years old was was right after the pandemic started mm-hmm. so it, and like about four or five months after the pandemic it got so bad we had to we had to put him down but he he hung with me for a lot of me writing this thing man. I, I remember. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. so 
the thing that's been the thing that's been great about the p- pandemic for me is the is to be able to spend some, a real lot of time with these these dogs. I mean, they're, I, I get so much pleasure and love from these guys, and they make me laugh. And uh, he was my little buddy, man. He just hung, you know, when I, I was know. playing. It was, it, well, you know, because I remember uh, Charlie. And yeah, do you have a dog now? We don't have a dog now. No, we we've um, we've thought about it. Now we got a little bit more space here, but. But yeah, I, I well, I, I just want to I want to tell everybody, and I, I know I told you this at the time, but again, I'm just so sorry about Jackpot because I know you guys were like so tight and hey, we were, we were and tight. buddies, and and I, I remember us traveling on the mission from Gad Tours um, in Europe, which were like ten, oh, eleven years ago now, 2010. There's Mary Beth watching. In fact, hi Mary Beth, um, and I I remember us. On, a, on several occasions, we'd be sitting at the airport, you know, getting ready to get on a plane or on a bus or something. And you'd be scrolling through pictures on your phone of your dogs. And, and uh, you know, like the things you do when you're when you've just got some time and you want to pass a little time and you'd be, you know, and you'd be showing me pictures of the dogs. And and because uh, I, I think you had at the time and maybe you still do. You had a uh, uh, Charlie was a. a a rat terrier, but he looked like a Jack Russell. You, people often oh. thought he was, and I think you had a Jack Russell at the time, maybe. Or? Well, we not. Well, I, I've we've had a Jack Russell. I don't know if we. Well, years ago we talked, and I had a Jack Russell, but I don't yeah. know if if I was showing you that was. I think during that time, she had already uh, passed, but maybe uh, yeah, I might okay. have had pictures of her. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot but of I, great dogs, man. Yeah. I, Fantastic. Well, I, I, I can, you know, I, I can totally see it too. When, when I see the pictures of you guys, when Carol puts pictures in, you know, on Facebook or something or, uh, or, you know, Instagram or something. And I see you guys with the dogs and then many times we'd be talking on the phone and I'd hear them in the background or one or two of them or something. And you'd be out running something. You're just like, Oh, I'm just out and run some errands or something. I got the dogs with me. And I just thought, you know, that's just so great. You know, take them out for a ride. They love that. Oh, they do. They love it. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I had a lot of, I have a lot of fun with them. I really do. That's great. Well, Dave Maddox, I just real quick, Steve, I don't want to forget to ask you this question. Dave Maddox just reminded me, and I had this written down too. Um, and he he's a big Jack Russell guy, by the way. But yesterday I mentioned to you his question about uh, the the size of the hole in the front bass drum head, and um, and Dave, I'm going to try to hopefully ask Steve the right question here. And the question is the difference between um, different sized holes in the front head. Let me see if I can find his original question that he asked me. Uh, I'm glad he's watching. Yeah, the difference between a hole in the middle, sorry, difference in the in the hole in the in the middle versus off versus off center. Does it affect the sound and you know what your thoughts are on that? I think that um, you you and I were talking yesterday about how what you did with your bass drum. Yeah, yeah. From the head on the outside with no hole. Right. And some muffling, a little bit of muffling, that right. something that touches both heads. Yep. John, what are you doing? I'm showing you the front of my bass oh. drum with no hole in it. Get back here, mister. <laughs> That's a new drum set, too. 
That's nice. What is that? Let me see that. It's a mid-70s, early mid-70s Gretsch. I I got a few Gretsch drum sets. I don't know if you knew that, but... Well, it's, I like uh, it. So I got the little spurs that come out of the, the drum. Yeah, that's the real, the real shit. Well, how, what year is that? Well, the guy that I bought it from said he thought it was 73, but I looked up the uh, serial numbers in this book that, that Gretsch put out, or sorry, that this... Uh, Rob Cook or someone else did a book on this on, on dating your Gretsch drums, and it, according to what I came up with, 1975. So they're kind of newer than I thought. They're kind of they're kind of new drums. What you th- what you thought they were? I thought they were older. I thought they were 73, um, uh, but I think they're 75. I don't know. Okay. Somewhere. So anyway, anyway, getting back yeah. to that question. So. You were saying like you got a nice sound with 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 no hole. Right. You had a mic inside and you had like some padding just touching both heads a little right. bit. And you also put a, a strip on the outside head, the the muffling or uh, where was it? No, I I don't I don't use any any other uh muffling other than a little EQ pad inside just touching the batter head and the and the front head. So the outside head doesn't have anything. It's just a head, right? Yeah, just a head. Just a little bit of the EQ pad touching it. Yeah. So when you put a big hole in the bass drum, that sort of eliminates any kind of tone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah. But if you put a small hole, you know, an offset uh, off center, you've got a shot at getting still getting some some tone out of that outside head. Like not not as much as you would get without the hole, but more you right. give more of a shot at getting being able to get some kind of tone. Yeah. So yeah. and still be able to get the mic inside the head without having to have it installed. You yeah. know. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that that if you're not traveling with your own kit, like if if you had yours mic the way you wanted it with two heads, then you would have to take that and they just yeah. plug them, you know. But if you're going to different venues and or in their high and they're and they're getting different kits, you know, if you're trying to get that kind of sound, you have them put like one of those heads on with the offset hole, and then you can still get a mic inside. And you still got a shot at getting some tone. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. think that would be why they would offset it. It'll give the outside head a little bit more resonance. Makes perfect sense. Yep. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And and that I've I years ago did what you said, you know, cut in the in the old days of of well, I shouldn't say the old days, but I remember you know, kind of really just going for a really dead bass drum sound and just getting everything from the mic, you know, and just and in, in the PA, and you like you said, you cut a big hole in the front, put some padding inside, and all you really got was that. Yeah, that's you know. all you get. And unless yeah. you have, unless you, and even if you put that in the, I mean, if you put that in the monitor, say you're in a club. I'm not talking about big venues now. Yeah, yeah. You're in a club, and all you got is a monitor, and you want some bass drum in it. If, if they don't have a sub, it's hard to get any kind of, it's hard to make, yeah, make the monitor feel like you're moving any air. Right, it's just like, it's like you're amplifying a a piece of wood. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. And um, so, 
you know, on the for me on the road because I I don't have a drum with a bass drum with heads on both sides and a mic in, in the middle that's permanent. Um, it's I, I, the way I get a sound is I try to get them to put a, a sub up there, and I just put a little bit of bass drum in the sub, uh, you know, and to add some bottom, and and you know, and to just try to get like the the right balance of the sub and and the wedge for the kick, where you so you get a little attack and then some, and, and that sort of helps. That gives me the feel like I've got both, like the the bass drum has got both heads on it. You know, it gives yeah, it a yep. bottom. So exactly. But that's the way you got to do it if you're not traveling with your own stuff. But what you're doing is a great idea. I, I love that. I, I bet you yeah, the drum it, sounds fantastic. It really does. It really it, it's. And I mentioned, you know, I use that Kelly shoe mounting system. So it, the 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 Sure Beta Fifty Two mic is mounted to that. It's it's in there nice and secure. It's suspended about not quite midway down. It's it it hangs on these suspension. I'll, I'll send you a picture of what it looks like inside there but it it's the mic is actually probably just below dead center um dead so just below dead center so it's just dead be center between both heads you yeah. just yeah that's cool yeah and it and it really i mean it, it's and i and i'm gonna i'm gonna send you a video clip <coughs> excuse me of my band just ignore the rest of it but I think you'll dig the bass drum sound because it has that what we're talking about that. No, I I, I understand, man. I, yeah. I, that's because I know it's a problem when you play live in small places. Yeah. To, to if you put you know if you put the kick in the in the monitor, it doesn't. You can't. You don't get any bottom unless you got two heads on it. Yeah. So exactly. You, you did what I would have done, man. If I was doing gigs like that, that's the only other way except to have a sub there. A little something, yeah. you know. And it's I, I use the in ears so I can actually get a you know a good sound. I can get a good bottom sound through my ears, you know, with with that combination. So it's. But it's even exactly acoustically, it feels better. It really right? does, yeah. It even feels like you're playing the drum. It feels like it feels like you can you can mix yourself into the music yeah. with something that sounds like the way it sounds when you, when you're playing it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not like, not like a piece of wood that that's coming out of here. When, when you can hear your drum with two heads, it's the drum sounds like it's got more bottom and, and it, the drum does what you want it to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But you've yep. got to do it. You've got to, you know, the best way to do it is to make it from the inside. I think to try and do it, from, you know? Yeah. I think so, Steve. I mean, it's worked out. I, I, I hesitated to try it that way for a long time. And then when I finally did, I was, I, I couldn't, there was no turning back. I ended up putting him in a bunch of different drum kits so that I can just, if I'm going to take my Rogers kit or I get a bunch of Gretsch kits or a Ludwig kit to a gig, it's ready to go. I just plug it in and it's, yeah. That's the best way to do it, man. Yeah, That's it's ready to go. To um, yeah, so I'm just going to read a couple of comments here that uh, John Ferraro says hi, our buddy John Ferraro. Um, yeah, okay. Let me let me see. And I, Rob is standing by. I can bring Rob in in just a minute. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 
sorry, I just don't, I, I, I do this. I say this all the time. I miss good questions. If I don't take a second and just quickly scroll through, um, let's see, let's see. How are you hanging in there, Steve? You good? No, I'm good. Good, good. I can tell you're having maybe the most fun you've had in a long time right now. This is, <laughs> this is, this is the most fun I've had since I got up today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Let's see. Well, folks, if I if I'm missing a question, someone asked, I'll I'll try to come back and look for it later. Um, oh, Larry Aberman's asking, playing anywhere yet? Larry, we were just talking about possibly um, Steve going out and doing some James Taylor dates this summer in the states, possibly. But you did do some gigs with with your band, the Baked Potato, and. Um, Without an audience, that was just, without an audience. Yeah, just stream it to, to help um, keep the the club afloat. You know what I mean? They were scuffling. Yeah. But I'm going to uh, uh, the last gig I did before the pandemic was this benefit we do in New York, Love Rocks. Oh yeah, sure. And um, so we're going to do that again at the beginning of June oh. in New York. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure there'll be an audience. Right. Uh, there might be a limited, you know, a, a select audience. But uh, it, we're so that's we're doing that. And is that uh, Carnegie Hall? Is that where you do that? No, or? no, that's the Beacon. No. The Beacon, Beacon. The Beacon. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to happen, and uh, I've got a couple of little recording things after that in New York. But I mean, it's not. You know, it's sporadically things are yeah. starting to, to come back. And I guess we'll see how, how everything goes after uh, after it starts. You know what I mean? Right. With the numbers. Yeah. Um, there's a question from a young man watching uh, by the name of Jay Messina. And I'm Jay guessing Frank. Jay Frank Messina. And he's asking how you tune your drums. And I know what you're going to say with a drum key, but I think he means actually how do you how do you tune them? Um, I think that I think that he's messing with me. <laughs> I think he is too, because he's probably tuned your drums for you. <laughs> but you could say with a drum key, and, and yeah, there's your answer. Um, yeah, he's asking. Uh, I don't think he really wants to know that, does he? He said, "What technique?" Oh, technique. All right. So what I do is like I use two heads on the toms, and um, uh, I get the you get them you get them both where the drum starts to resonate a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you tune the top head uh, to where you get where you get it to feel good to touch when you hit it, and then the bottom head is sort of uh, uh, you know is is the tone you can raise and lower the tone of the drum. Right. So, um, you know, uh, and it's, it's just trial and error. You know what I mean? But, you know, the more that you do it, the more you learn how, you know, like the bottom head can, you can get the top head to where it feels good. And then if, it, if the pitch is a little bit off and you want to raise it, you can, you know, use the bottom head to tighten it up and raise the pitch. 
And yeah, it's, you yeah. know, and, and, and then you go to the next time and do the same thing to try to tune the drum to itself, get it to where it's responding good. And then, and then you have to, you know, tune it. So it's the next step from this other time. You've got to get it the other pitch, you know? So it's like, yeah. there's no set way. You know what I mean? You just start out and, and you know, go for it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. 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 And, and what you say is so key as far as the, uh, no pun intended on the key, but the bottom head plays such an important part. I used to make these, you know, sarcastic joke videos about, you know, what do you even need the bottom head for? It's just, you know, it's just for looks or whatever. But I mean, that to me, the whole sound of, of, of the Tom Toms comes from the bottom. I mean, not the whole sound, but it's so important. It. Yeah. A lot of it. And, and, uh, I, I, with these drums, I just got these the other day and, uh, and most of, I have a bunch of Gretsch sets that are all the same configuration, nine by 13, 16 by 16, 14 by 22 inch bass drum. And, and they're all pretty consistent the way they tune up. This set was a little tricky. It had some some ambassador heads on it that I think were just old. So I took those off. I thought they were going to be okay. They, weren't, they didn't look too beaten up, but they weren't tuning up right for me. So I put these uh, Remo Classic heads on that are the ones that they make for old drums. They're like a little oversized. I don't know about those heads. Yeah, Remo came out with these drum these heads because old Gretsch drums, for example, the shells were slightly oversized. So if you put an like a 13-inch coated ambassador head made today on an old Gretsch drum, sometimes it's a little tight on there. So you get these classic fit and they're they're tiny bit bigger and they sit a little better on the on the drum. Um, so I put one of those on the 13 and it it tuned up great. The What's on the bottom? Uh, clear ambassador and it's a regular clear ambassador and it's and it's fine and then on the 16 i i've got it sounding pretty good but i think i'm gonna just try i've got a regular coated ambassador in my little back stock room here i'm gonna put on i've got a a classic on there now that's i'm not excited about and i think it's just gonna just need a regular good old coated ambassador 16 to just make it nice and big you know so are the are the classics are they like an ambassador thickness and coated like an ambassador? Yes. Yep. They, they look they, like an ambassador except they're they're classic. Right. And I, I think they make them for diplomat and uh, let me demonstrate, Steve. I think they make them also in a in, uh, diplomat and emperor. So that's the yeah. and you you don't have any any inside tone controls in those. Drums? I do it. I have I have the two Gretsch that came on it, but I don't I don't use them. They're all completely right. undone. But that's got the moon gel on it. They don't the 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 uh, the, the Gretsch mufflers don't rattle around in there when you're playing. They really don't. No, they really don't. They um, I know they can, but these these are pretty good. I've. I, I, you know, I like the fact that it keeps the drum original with them in there. And no, I know, I know, I, I like that too. Um, but it, you know, it's beautiful. It, yeah, it really is. It's in great shape. And the great thing about White Marine Pearl, as you know, is that the minute you play a White Marine Pearl drum set, you sound like Buddy Rich. I mean, it's just you instantly 
become Buddy Rich. doesn't matter what kind of drum it is, as long as it's that color. You take on. Like I started swearing at Kelly. Uh-huh. And, but, I, but I played just like Buddy. Well, I know. Well, you do, John. I know that. You do play like Buddy. I like that, though. I, I like it. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that you're muffling it from the outside. Yes. Yes. That's the best, t- you know. Yeah. Are you hearing me, Steve? Am I- yeah. You're yeah, right, Steve. It was nice, man. I like it. Thank you. Thanks. Well, what do you see? We get, um, we get Robbo on here. Oh, Yard. Yard is on watching. He said, Yard. When, when did tuning drums begin? Never heard of that. <laughs> Yard says some of the funniest shit on Facebook. Yeah, I know. He, uh, when I, I put a picture of, of this event, you know, to advertise that we were doing this today, and, and Yard wrote, are you sure it's really him? <laughs> I said he fits the description. We're not sure. We're not sure. This I'm could not be sure. I'm not this could be, sure. This could be an imposter, a, a gad right. imposter. All right. Okay. Well, someone did ask about the videos that go with um, the book. So maybe we'll have Rob talk about that too a little bit. Okay. All right. So I'm going to bring on everybody. Uh, please give a, a warm welcome to the one and only Mr. Handsome. Rob Wallace. There wow. he is. Hey, man. Mr. Hanson. Glad imposter. <laughs> Robbo. Okay. Well, someone did. Oh, I, can't. I can hear, can hear, hear myself. Hey. There he is. Hey, Steve. Hey, John. How you doing? Good. I, I like, I'm at my brother-in-law's house. I like the hat, John. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Well, I thank you for sending it. It's a, it's a very dapper looking hat. Nice. I'm not a hat guy, and it's it. No? I don't look that goofy in it because it says Gadamans on it. And I will confirm the story as I have been listening, and I was jumping <laughs> out of the seat. You got Steve. You got to sometimes give credit where credit is due. I I was a it was a memory thing, and I you know what I'm saying. I do. I, I know exactly. I've already. I've asked for an apology. I mean, I've asked for forgiveness. I know you've offered. You I've asked for forgiveness. It, it was good. It was good, and I mean that, babe. But yeah, it was a good. Uh, you, you, it was good. But Johnny, thank you, because the name. Uh, it's everywhere. You know, it is. It's it a, is everywhere. That's great. It's it's painful. I know to admit that I thought of no, it, and I I apologize for thinking of it. I, I wish it was somebody else. I'm sorry. I, for, I forgot. <laughs> no, Steve, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, but how are you guys is, doing? Love is never saying you're sorry. Great, Rob. It's good to see you, buddy. Yeah, you too, John. <laughs> Eddie Tadori says I look goofy in the hat. <laughs> so, Rob, this is exciting. It's so glad. I'm so glad you could join us to talk about, like, the release. And can you tell, tell everybody the, the actual release date? Yeah, we're, we're going to start shipping the pre-orders on Jan- the week of January 7th. Um, January, June 7th. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> June 7th, yeah. Not Jan- we're not going to make anyone wait till January. <laughs> 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 June 7th. And um, 
Yeah, you know, we're waiting for the books to come in. I got, you know, an advanced copy off the press. Um, right. And yeah, I mean, just, just to give an example of what Steve was talking about, I don't know if you can see this, you know, that we, we actually had to find somebody that does charts with pen and ink. It's a, it's, it's a lost art and talent, really. And Steve yeah. wanted something that looked not cold and kind of, you know, you know computer generated. And finding somebody that actually does that because it's it, it, it's it's not economical like Broadway, you know, used to be all hand charts. Jingles were hand charts, as I'm sure Steve will, will tell you back in the day. But now it's all, you know, finale files and Sibelius and all that. And it's a whole different vibe. So Steve, of course, had a, a, a wonderful idea to, to do the book old style. And we found somebody that had kind of retired his pen and ink. And he said, I'm going to bust him out. Let's see if I can still do it by hand, you know. And we went through a couple of tests. And, yeah, you know, the problem <laughs> the problem with it is when you make changes, you, you, you have to write the whole page again. You can't just go in, hit delete, you know, on your mouse and, and take away the note or an accent. So, you know, we, we, we drove this poor fellow Roy a little crazy, I think. But we ended up with a great... <laughs> A really great looking product and uh, it was really at Steve's you know insistence that um, that we explore that route to see what it would look like and it, you know it really is, it, it's a really unique looking thing and there's a couple of pages where there's a, a fold out because Steve wanted to be able to see all three pages at a time instead of two so uh -huh. there's a fold out in the book and you get to put it on the music stand and, and see three pages that's great cool. that's a great idea you know, like each rudiment is like a, a different idea. And I, I wanted to keep the ideas separate from each other. So rather than start a new idea on a page where there was already something happening, I just wanted to organize it in a clearer way. You know, um, I think it's, I just think it's important to make it as, user friendly and as as informative as possible you know yeah yep. um, and, and we really i think we did a, a, a rob and the guys did a we did fantastic they, yeah it, it, you know, I'm, I'm really you know knocked out with the way it came out you know and steve was involved in in, in literally the look of the pages how many you know stays down the music started if it wasn't a full page you know we left space, a lot of space so that it didn't look intimidating. So, you know, it's really Steve's, you know, stamp on, on every yeah. aspect of the project, really. And I saw there was an earlier question. Somebody asked, is there video? And the answer is, yeah, there's, um, I think it's 84 or 86 exercises in the book. And there's a video of Steve demonstrating every, you know, each one of them uh, right. at a, tempo that you can kind of comprehend and try to you know, <laughs> try to emulate. So it's, um, yeah, it's completely, um, you know, informative and the, the videos are real simple and, and just Steve counting them off with a click. And, and when I heard, you know, Steve was talking about the whole concept of displacement, it gets complicated pretty quickly. And, and we, we have a click in there so that you can always know where the downbeat is. Oh, great. Otherwise you get completely, you know, you, yeah. you real quick, um, to, to kind of lose your spot and, and get turned around on the time. 
So the, the, the click always accented the, the one of the bar yep. louder. And uh, so there's always a click going. So there's a DVD inside the book? No, the, the, no. the uh, video is online. There's a code that you get in I the see. book and, and you get that online. And then eventually uh, when we release it digitally, you just tap the screen and the video box pops up right there. It'll Boy. be embedded. Yeah. Yeah. This is exciting because I, I, I knew Steve had specific things that he wanted to do. And and it's so great that you guys, Hudson, the only guys I could I could think of that could that could, you know, bring it to life. You know what I mean? Like like all the things that he was looking to do. I remember talking to you about it last summer, Rob, too, about the I forgot about the the handwritten the the um I made reference to handwritten, but when you were talking about the you know, Breathing. the ink and everything. Yeah. yeah. That's that's great. That's going to give it such a uh, so much more personality than, like you say, a sort of computer generated, sterile looking vibe. You know. Yeah, it's, it, it, you're right. That, that that's the right word for it. It has a personality already. The yeah. book, you know. Um, and and you know, I, I I just wanted to stress and you know, thanks, Steve. I mean, the amount of effort and time he put, you know, into this. I mean, he was. He was calling all hours of the day or night. He'd say, <laughs> Look, you got, are you in front of your computer? Look at page 23. Go to the fourth bar. I want to accent the last two eighth notes. It just, it just feels better. So can you just make a notation on that? Yes, dude, I got it. You know, let me go to bed now. <laughs> uh, so I, it, yeah. it was a lot of, you know, a lot of work. And he put, you know, every note, literally every note was analyzed and re-gone over and, and changes made. And, you know, it, it really, and, and, and anybody that's seen it so far, and, and I know, you know, Steve mentioned, you know, Steve Smith, a couple of guys have seen kind of an advanced, you know, a copy of it. You know, they just think it's, it's, it really does reflect Steve musically and, uh, you know, this stuff all grooves, you know, it just, it feels really good to play. So. Yeah. And it's it's good for your chops. It really, you know, working on the rudiment strengthens. We do we we alternate so you cover both both hands and and it it does help. The rudiments with flams can make your chops stronger, man. If you when you when you get them comfortable. So uh, oh yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I'm 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 happy about it. I I uh, I got into it. Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. It was good. We worked hard though. Yeah, it was a, it was, a, it was a big effort, and 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 it was months. I mean, I, when did we really start, Steve? For you know, really digging into it. Well, I had most of the th stuff written. You know, when we when I spoke to you, yeah, and, then, as, and then as we started getting into it. Then I started tweaking it. Then, then sort of how to, you know, which section should go together. You know, it was like there were a lot of decisions that had to be made, but I didn't really know. I couldn't have known what they were until we started doing it. You know what I mean? Because we had never done it before. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it it was a learning uh, situation for me. And yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. I mean, and, and you know, for me personally, I just want to say, and you know, I've said this to Steve on the phone a few times, you know, obviously 
you know, the work that we did in, in you know, 1980, 1981, and, and, you know, fast forward and kind of full circle back to where we are today, yeah. you know, it's unbelievable. You know, I, I would have never thought, you know, that we'd be working this closely, that, you know, this hard on, on a project like this. And, um, you know, it's for me, it's just, I couldn't be happier, you know, just so rewarding and, and to connect with Steve and be talking three or four or five times a day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, no. it's, and it's, and it's, it's exciting to, to, to see how, how the, how the guys are going to, how the, if they're going to, I hope they like it. You know what I mean? That's the, that'll be the next thing. If they, if, if the information is something that inspires them, you know, I hope it does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and Steve being so humble, I mean, he would, if he hadn't, if he asked once, he asked a hundred times, like, you know, you, you like this stuff, you think it's good, you think people are going to yeah. be interested, you know, he's, he's so humble, um, but put every ounce of effort that he could in, into this thing. So, you know, I, I'm just, I, I learned a lot and, 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 and got such inspiration from Steve seeing, you know, the focus and the effort and determination that he had with it, you know, every single aspect, you know, yeah. of Detail, where the I know. page number went, you know, and, and what the font looks like. And there's Steve in it too. That, like he said, he, he wasn't kidding. You know, there's some real good humor in some of the subtitles of, yeah. of these exercises, you know. <laughs> well, really I know fun. when we, when we did the, the tribute, Rob, in 2003, um, you know, Zildjian and, and Hudson, and, and we did the tribute to Steve at Berkeley. We, we saw, you know, I mean, it was, it was Steve's day, but he was involved in terms of the music and, and the band. And, and he, he definitely is, you know, we're talking about him like he's not here with us right now, but <laughs> yeah. no, he, he's, he's the absolute per perfectionist, you know? And, yeah. and I learned that, you know, I remember Steve, I remember talking about, for example, just, and we talked about this just, today as well the monitors and you were saying i'm telling you man we got to have the right monitor guy there because if the monitors aren't right the whole thing's not going to be happening it's just and you know and and i certainly recognize the importance of monitors but you were right i mean that was that was like the key to making it all needless to say everybody having a good monitor mix having your james taylor um john godenzi i think his name is john uh, yeah, the monitor guy there. Like that was a that was a huge thing to have him there to to mix the monitors, you know, and make that. And and I, I was going to say we, years later on all the mission from Gad tours and you and I would talk about them ahead of time and just kind of perfect how we wanted to do this, the traveling, how we we were going to program certain parts of it, like the autograph sessions before, and and uh, you know how we do the meet and greet stuff, and you know it's it's all those little details that make it. Right. And you can see that with this book. It's exciting. You know, the thing, the thing with monitors too, it just, what I learned is if you got guys, <clears throat> if you got musicians that you love to play with, that can play and listen, if, if they can hear each other, then the, then there's, then the music plays us. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. that's what's got to happen. They, we got to be able to hear ourselves and the guys were playing with it and and then everything sort of falls into place yeah yeah i remember the um when we were filming the drummers collective 25th anniversary show and steve was there with the gad gang and 
same exact thing doing the sound check. And I, I was standing next to Steve and I could see that it just, he was not happy. You know, you could, <laughs> you could see it on his face. You could see his body language and he just stood up and, you know, looked at the, at the, the monitor guy and said, you know, we've got to start from scratch. You know, it was, it was probably a guy that had more of a rock and roll attitude to, you know, the sound and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, pushing it out, you know, really loud and hard and edgy. And Steve, you know, literally said to the guy, turn off everything that you just done and let's go note, you know, drum by drum and, and went through each thing. And it was night and day. The whole yeah. band sounded so different after a half an hour sound check, you know, of, of everybody getting what they wanted in the monitor. And, and Steve, the thing I took away that day was he said to the, to the monitor, I control the sound. You don't control the sound. You know, it's got to come from me. So if, if, if the dynamics, you know, if we need something louder, I'll make it louder, you know, not you. Yeah. And, and it was such an incredible lesson. You know, I, I, I'm saying that for the guys that are listening, because it, it, it was such a different, you know, experience hearing the music after Steve, you know, taking charge and, and really explaining to the monitor person what he needed to hear in the monitors to be able to play the music you know it was really incredible you know what rob and, and it's i know exactly exactly what you're saying um i'll just say that, that to follow on to what you said because that was 2002 i think was the 25th yeah. yeah so a few years later when we did the first mission from gad 2005 we had a similar situation I'd send out the, the rider, which basically said, we, we want to, Steve is looking for a very acoustic sound. Um, we want to mic the bass drum, mic the snare drum, uh, you know, for the, for the brush work and maybe an overhead. Don't need to mic every, every Tom Tom. And, you know, and, and Steve, I'm sure you remember this on the earlier dates of the tour, we'd show up and the drum kit would be, well, actually I would, I would be setting the drums up, but the sound guy would be there miking every drum. And at one point, Steve said, look, you know, I, I, I get what you're trying to do here, but I, I, this, th th I don't want to, this isn't like a rock concert. This is, I want the drums, I want the sound to come from me. Um, I want to, I want it, like you said, I want the dynamics. There's, there's no dynamics when you've got a mic on every drum and it's just concert sound. Um, and it, <clears throat> we finally sort of found a way to just say that politely because you don't want to piss the sound guy off the first five minutes that you get there, you know. Um, and they were all honored to be there mixing sound for Steve, but, but it was a, it was a, a new, a new, uh, thing for me to experience. Cause I was used to going and doing these clinic tours with drummers, where we would just mic every drum and it would just be, you know, playing to tracks and kind of a, a race to see what could be louder, the drums or the tracks, you know, um, or a competition I should say, but, but yeah, it was a real natural sound coming from the drums. You'd hear like this organic tone rather than just a big amplified sound yeah anyway yeah yeah it's a, well, it's so, a yeah, constant learning situation you know what i mean it's like yeah yeah just keep trying you know and it, and steve mixed it like the, the the new record that that you held up a little while ago john you know the live at the blue note you know yeah. it's such a beautiful sounding record you know it's and, and, you know, we talked about the process a little bit in, 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 in a couple of phone calls because Steve sent me the record and I, I, I love the way it sounds. And he talked about, you know, really just trying to 
you know, the, the mixing process, it was, it was, you know, difficult and, and I'm sure, you know, really time consuming, but it, it ended up with a, you know, great product, you know, yeah. it just sounds so great. Great. Really great. Very natural, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you can hear the brushes that naturally, you know, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a great mix. That's, that's uh, a hard, that's was tricky, but like it was worth it. Because it's all about it. It's not just about the sound; it's about the feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Capture like some kind of the groove. And I think on on this record we did. You know, without yeah, turning things up, we you know we sort of just found a way to make some moves where you could hear different things. You know, it wasn't yeah. easy because when you're playing live, the drums are into every mic that's open on stage, so. Sometimes it sounds better from those mics than it does from the mics that are micing the drums. So yeah. you're making these moves to get sounds from different places for for different reasons. All about the feel for me. I just yeah. wanted to keep the feel consistent. So yeah, we did yeah. work hard. My my son Carlo and I we worked hard, and Rich Bream mastered it. He was incredible. Yeah. So everybody definitely should grab this too. In addition to Steve's book, Gadaments. Um, Steve Gadban at the Blue Note. I came up with this title also. Yeah, at the John Blue came at John told us you should call it Steve the Steve Gadban Live at the Blue Note Tokyo. We were actually recorded it in New York at the Iridium, but I said no, no, it's got to be the Blue Note Tokyo. It's got to be. And John, I thank you so much for that. Steve, you're welcome. And I and the. the that at the blue note in blue, I think is, is a really nice touch. <laughs> so Robbo, um, I call Rob Robbo. Um, people can order it from the Hudson music site. Yeah. And you've, yep. We're taking pre-orders, you know, there's a couple of different packages because people were saying, can I get a book signed? And the cover came out, you know, so amazing. I thought it would make for a really nice poster. So we're selling, you know, a package where there's a, a nice size signed poster and it, it's in this foil. Like we it actually printed the poster twice to get this effect. Wow. Actually, I got, I got one right here. I don't know if it, if it reads. Oh, yeah. It's this like very shiny foil, you know, uh, and, you know, it's just, to me, it's just a badass cover. Steve's arms, the sticks, the tats, you know, really simple. And, uh, so, yeah, there's some things that's on, on the Hudson Music website. You know, order it. They'll start shipping out the uh, end, end of the first week of June, June 7th that week. And, uh, yeah. Guys at Hudson, they really, they, they, I mean, they, they were in 100%. Once we, once we, you know, everybody was putting all their energy into trying to understand what, what the ideas were and what, what the goal was and, uh, and I'm real happy with the way it turned out and real grateful to all the guys at Hudson. And, and, uh, it, it, you know, I, I enjoyed the whole process. Yeah, I did too, Steve. Thank you. Great. We should give a shout out to Joe Bergamini too. Yeah. Uh, Joe, very great. I know yeah. Joe was <clears throat> the whole team. Mike Hoff yeah. did the cover design. Bill Zools did the cover photo. Uh, Rick Gratton did the layout. The whole the whole team really really stepped Great. up. Yeah, you know I was talking to, to uh, 
Mike about the way it, it, it just sort of organically happened. You know, everybody, sometimes you get a project and you just catch a really good tailwind and things fall into place. And sometimes, you know, they're, they're difficult and time consuming, but you still get through it. And, and you don't, you never feel like you're trying to push a, a train up a hill. Yeah. It's like, you're just kind of rolling with it. And that's really how this whole thing felt. It was, you know, really wonderful experience. And, and to work with Steve after like a 40-year interim. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, amazing. What can you say, you know? You can't make it up. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. It, I, that, that to me is one of the best parts of the story is it's like that was he was the sort of launching pad for you, Rob, you know, Hudson yeah. Music or DCI yeah. Video way back when. And then here you are 40 years later and, and uh, working together again. It's awesome. It's like the odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> we are the outcome, right? <laughs> uh, well guys this has been awesome i know uh we're getting to be about 90 minutes in so i promised steve we'd we'd keep this reasonable um, yeah any 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 final thoughts or any any anything else you guys want to cover or say before we just close it thank up. you john for you know, doing this and helping us get the word out and and thank you for you for bringing this project you know to to me giving me the chance to to work on it with you it's just an experience and something I'll, I'll take with me for the rest of my life you know well thank you man john thank thank you for all that you do i know i bust your chops and stuff but i really i appreciate you man and uh, i i love I you i love you guys Love you too, Steve. You too, Steve. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know that. <laughs> um, uh, and I just, Rob, I want to just comment on that shirt. That's a really happening shirt you're wearing. Is that, is that Bill Murray or is that? It's, you know, it's uh, something I picked up when my wife was in Paris, just at like a flea market, you know, but I did go out and get a shave, you know, and, uh, you know, I was going to get my nails done, but I figured you really couldn't see them. So I can't I see the I nails. Gift it, you know, but you know, a little summary kind of thing, you know, that's top notch. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less. Uh, All right. Okay. Well, everybody, thank um, Robin, Steve and Robbo, if you could hang on for one second, I'll, I'll end the live stream and we'll just say goodbye in the, in the, in the chat.